0: well wow, it 's great to be here. Um, what a privilege to be um, with you guys um, as jill said uh, i 'm um, from King's Community Church in Hatfield. Uh, the last time Duncan came to preach with us, uh, he did a little intro of kind of his background with some photos and stuff i 've just got one photo I know that i 've got to know Duncan uh, and the team here quite well over the last year, but most of you probably don 't know me at all uh, so Um, On the first slide, there we go, that's us. Uh, That's us on holiday uh, this summer in France. And uh, so I'm married to Helen. Uh, We've been married for 12 years. um, And (laughs) I got it right. Yes. And uh, we met in Bristol uh, where Helen was studying medicine, I was studying chemistry. Um, and which bit of that got the ooh yeah, oh okay for both um, yeah so um, and I've got a three year old and a six year old uh, Edith and Florence um, and they're out in the kids work now they were dancing around earlier with <laughs> the other kids so um, yeah so that's a little bit about me Um we are in Hatfield following the same series uh, as uh, you guys are here um, in 1 John, uh, but we're a week delayed. So I've told them up in Hatfield that I'm practicing on you guys, <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll, uh, we'll see how it goes. Um, so... I'm going to start by reading uh, the passage. We're looking at 1 John uh, chapter 5. Feel free to follow in a Bible if you've brought one with you uh, on your phone or the the words will come up on the screen uh, as well. I'm going to read from the English Standard Version. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God and everyone who loves the Father loves whoever has been born of him. This is he who came by the water and the blood, Jesus Christ, not by the water only, but the water and the blood. And the Spirit is the one who testifies, because the Spirit is the truth. For there are three that testify, the Spirit and the water and the blood, and these three agree. If we receive the testimony of men, the testimony of God is greater, for this is the testimony of God that he has borne concerning his Son. that you may know that you have eternal life. And this is the confidence that we have towards him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And we know that he hears us in whatever we ask. We know that we have the request that we have asked of him. If anyone sees his brother committing a sin not leading to death, he shall ask, and God will give him life. To those who commit sins that do not lead to death, there is a sin that leads to death. I do not say that one should pray for that. All wrongdoing is sin, but there is sin that does not lead to death. We know that everyone who has been born of God does not keep on sinning, but he who is born of God protects him, and the evil one does not touch him. We know that we are from God, and the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. And we know that the Son of God has come and given us understanding so that we may know him who is true. And we are in him who is true, in his son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. Little children, keep yourself from idols. Wow. <laughs> There's quite a lot in there. Um, I'm gonna kind of split this out into three sections. I'm I I can't possibly go into everything that's in here because it's just so rich and so deep. Um, But uh, we're going to talk about something from each of the three sections um, just to kind of try and understand the broad thrust of what John is getting at in this. So uh, the three sections are, um, you might have headings in your Bible uh, that kind of outline these for you, so, my one says, uh, overcoming the world is the first section. Then there's a whole section in the middle um, that's uh, about testimony. Um, and then the last bit uh, I've got here that you may know, I th- I've written in my notes here, this is a kind of sum up. He's kind of summing up his whole letter, this whole book of 1 John, um, and kind of he, he kind of puts in the bullet points at the end almost. I want you to know this, 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 this. Did anyone else find the middle bit? Like kind of this whole thing about water and blood and spirit. Like, is anyone else's head going? (laughs) That is, yeah, I think you could preach a a whole lot just on that little bit. I'm just going to sum it up really briefly by just saying, when I read this, the way that I understand this is that uh, John is using this as a kind of shorthand for... Um, the testimony about Jesus' life. When John writes his Gospel, the whole thing is about witness, it's about testimony to Jesus. And it starts with uh, the, um, there's a little intro, and then it talks about John the Baptist, and then all sorts of other people that meet Jesus, and they all testify about him. But what he's saying here, in 1 John, is that the testimony of that God gives about Jesus is even more powerful even more powerful than any testimony um, than we could share. And testimonies are powerful, aren't they? Like baptism services, I love baptism services. When you get somebody up the front who's just given their life to Jesus and is just so excited that they're sold out for him, um, it just raises the room. Everybody's faith level goes up. My uh, own story of that uh, is, um, I was eight years old when I um, just knew that I knew That Jesus loved me. And um, I remember going into my uh, parents' room uh, kind of fairly early in the morning (laughs) and just being so excited that I knew that I knew and I just said, "Um, I want to become a Christian. And um, so, yeah, that was kind of when God first got hold of my heart, and it's just gone from there. Um, I was baptised in the sea, in Worthing, um, and uh, it was cold. (laughs) But it was wonderful. I had uh, the privilege of meeting a friend uh, of a friend this week, um, who uh, shared a little bit about his testimony to me that just really lifted my heart. It's an incredible story about his parents and how they were classical musicians and they would go on tour all around the UK uh, and actually uh, around Europe as well. And uh, this wasn't a Christian orchestra, but it had loads of Christians in it. And they did. They had. A, they sang and they played their instruments. And uh, the conductor, who was a Christian, um, did lots of uh, music that was about um, Jesus. You know, Handel's Messiah being the obvious one that I would know. There were, there were lots of others. <laughs> um, and uh, he talked about how they'd been to Austria. Um, and it was the same in, in every, every time they got together. There was just a sense of God being there. But this one time, he said, it was completely still outside. And as they were playing. They got to a kind of a gap in the program. They finished playing something, and there was this wind that came in this concert hall, and everybody was just crying, and the Holy Spirit fell. And they played a new song that they wasn't on any of their sheets, and they sang, and it was just the Holy Spirit just fell on that place. And I share that story because actually this is part of what John's getting at here. He's saying the testimony of the Holy Spirit is so, so powerful. And we we rejoice in the testimony of men, but the testimony of the Holy Spirit is just incredible, that he brings our hearts to life. And you can see that in a concert hall. You can see that in a school uh, building here you can see that in your workplace. You just pray and ask God, Holy Spirit, would you just reveal yourself? He loves to do that. So, that's ses- the uh, section about uh, testimony. Then John goes on to sum up uh, his letter in this section at the end I've got in my my printout here that you may know. I've got up on the slide here Uh, Five things uh, that um, John says he wants us to know as he sums up. One, you have eternal life. Two, you can be confident that you're heard by God when you ask for things. Three, Jesus protects you and makes it possible for you to live a changed life. Number four, we are from God preach a whole sermon about that. That is a really, really dense phrase that has a lot of meaning for John. Um, I won't go into that now, just for time. Um, And five, Jesus gives us understanding of truth. These truths are, they're not complicated. It's not rocket science. These things that are things that I started to understand for myself when I was eight years old but they're truths that you can go on exploring through your whole life and searching out deeper understanding, deeper meaning of what these things are. And John, in his letter, he uses love and he uses light uh, as these big themes that he kind of sums up with these five points here. When he's talking about love and when he's talking about light, uh, particularly with the light one, you remember the... Uh, beginning of John's Gospel, he says, uh, "You know, God says that there they be light, and there was light." He contrasts that with darkness, and I thought it'd be helpful, actually. Um, although this is this is ne- a bit negative, but it can be helpful for us to understand the positive when we see the negative alongside it. So we can have the um, the uh, right hand side here. Um, these are the opposites, as, as I would write them. This isn't anything that, you know, I'm just trying to work it out for myself here, but this, if I were to say, what's the opposite of eternal life? Your life is temporary. What's the opposite of having confidence of being heard? No one hears you when you pray. Number three, this idea that you're on your own. Number four, you're not different, you're not special. Or five, there isn't any truth. I don't know if any of you recognize any of these lines as I Duncan. <laughs> um, I don't know if any of you recognize any of these attack lines that you might have heard in your head. Maybe you heard it even this morning before coming here. I've certainly had all five. I can get a full house. <laughs> and I, peace, me, for me personally, I have to do battle with this, this kind of thinking all the time. And John wants us to know the left-hand side truths, so that we can overcome these lies, because he knows these lies are going to come to us. And that's what the first section. I think, is about, he talks about overcoming the world. So um, John defines the world in quite a specific way. Um, And what he's uh, talking about when he talks about the world, if you flick back into earlier chapters, he talks about uh, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and pride of life. And he says, the world is passing away along with its desires. That's in chapter 2, verse 17. And then he also links the world to the spirit of the Antichrist. So uh, that was last week, um, and uh, this is in John chapter 4, verse 3. He says, the spirit of the Antichrist, every spirit that does not confess Jesus is in the world. So these opposites that I've grayed out on the right-hand side here are what John is calling Antichrist thinking. And this is what he's getting at when he's talking about overcoming the world. So, something I noticed uh, about the no statements that we have, these five things on the left here, is that he writes most of them as we know. And I felt that God really brought that to my attention when I was prepping for coming here this morning. Actually, there is a togetherness to the truth. And there's an isolation to all of these lies in grey on this side. And we can sometimes think of, I even used the phrase just now when I was talking to you about doing battle with the lies. And we can think about truth versus lies like a battle, a fight between ideas in our heads. And sometimes when we're in a bad place, these ideas can even look quite evenly matched to us. But it's not that. Because the overcoming has already been accomplished. The victory is already won by Jesus. And you overcome the world, you overcome the lies, by sticking close to the truth, sticking close to Jesus. There's a togetherness there in the truth, as opposed to a million different ways of ending up alone believing one of these lies, or any others. So truth versus lies is not a battle, it's about a closeness to walk with Jesus in the truth. And John is keen for us to develop our following instinct. And he talks about, in this first section, about how we do this by listening to what Jesus tells us. That's his commandments. And what the Father says about him. So that's the testimony bit, listening to uh, the Father, listening to the Spirit testifying about Jesus. So I want to, uh, if you go to the next uh, picture, just about see that. It's pretty dark. This is a picture from inside a cave, when I was in Bristol, I uh, met somebody who was into uh, caving and they said, basically, I dare you. And I was like, no way. <laughs> <laughs> but then I was like, well, why not? I'll give it a go. I'll do it once and I can say I've done it. And uh, we went and um, the, the group that I went with, they were basically the lo- local uh, cave rescue group in the Mendips, so I felt pretty safe. These are the guys that the police call if there's somebody that needs to have a cave rescue. Um, And uh, the first week I went, and I was like, I'm pretty scared, and then the next week they said, oh, we're doing this other, we're going to the biggest cavern in the southwest, and it's pretty spectacular, you need to see this. And I got hooked. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This picture is from a place called Swildon's Hole, Which is uh, like a—you get wet caves and you get dry caves. This is a wet cave, and it's like a flume pretty much. And it's the best that you can, as a, how old I was—21-year-old—to being like a kid playing in the flumes and swimming pool. It's just so much fun. Um, I know it doesn't sound it, but why am I telling telling you all of this? Um, The point is, when you go caving, you listen to your leader. You listen to the people who have experience, who've done it before, who've gone before you, and who care about you. You have to work as a team. So this guy in this picture here, you can just about see he's got a uh, like a waterproof thing with provisions. He's taking there are ropes in there, there are carabiners in there. Uh, there is a bit of rope work. I hate heights. Uh, unfortunately, the Mendip <laughs> caves are fairly shallow. Um, <laughs> it's not too much of that. Um, But yeah, this particular place where they are, it's quite a big waterfall, and you have to do it right. Because if you try to climb up the middle of that waterfall, you've got the force of the water against you, and it doesn't go well. (laughs) Um, So you go around the side. Not listening to Jesus. It's really stupid. (laughs) Sorry, just to put it bluntly. But you find yourself in a dark place on your own in a cave if you don't listen to to your group leader. I want to finish uh, with this verse from the Gospel of John. This is about togetherness and aloneness, peace and tribulation, and the fact that Jesus is the one that's overcome the world. So it's John 16, verse 32. This is Jesus talking about the fact that he's going to the cross. And he says, The hour is coming when you will be scattered. He's talking to the disciples here, each to his own home, and you will leave me alone. Yet I'm not alone, for the Father is with me. But I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. We live in the benefit of what Jesus is talking about here. The benefit of the fact that he went to the cross. Those disciples were scattered. But from that point, after the cross and Jesus' resurrection, the cross is not the end that evil thought it would be, but it was the start of a bringing together of people from all over the world who hear Jesus' call to follow him and to walk in it. When you're with Jesus, there is no dark place that cannot be filled with joy. You might think that Swildon's Hole that I had up on the picture before is, can be a pretty dark place. But for me, it was a place of joy because I was with people who knew what they were doing. And there is no dark place that you can go if you're with Jesus, it will be filled with joy when you're walking with him, when you're following his call. He has overcome every lie, every temptation, every way that we can ever be isolated, and he's brought us together into life and light and freedom. So how do we apply this? What are we to do? A few weeks back, I was saying that I've, I've got a full house on the uh, the grayed out bullet points <laughs> A few weeks back, I went to meet up with some friends of mine, Pete and Dave, and uh, Pete said to me um, he's a he's a doctor um, and he said to me uh, something that he's found really helpful when you hear these kind of things because I was talking about you know the hearing these lies um and finding it hard, and he said to me, something that you can do uh, that he's done for himself and found really, really helpful uh, is this concept of a spiritual first aid kit. And what it is, is not kind of just pulling together things that just make you happy. (laughs) It's actually being very intentional about identifying lies that the devil lands on you more easily than others identifying where you can feel weak and finding when you're in that good place with with Jesus things that are that bring you back to him bring you back to that good place uh, that get, bring truth and direction against lies and misdirection so that might be uh, songs uh, that you can save onto your phone. It might be uh, scriptures that you want to bookmark or set as your background on your computer, whatever it is. Um, it might be uh, testimonies that you need to just bookmark and remember. I, can go back. I want to go back and remember that. I want to re- that story just lifts my spirits and it reminds me that that lie is not true. We sang a song earlier about preaching the gospel to yourself. This is a way that you can preach the gospel to yourself. So I want to challenge you to go away from here and to think about that. Uh, Think about what what are the lies that land easily for you and what can you do about it? Be proactive. Don't just wait for it to come. I just want to pray for us all and then I've got a few things that I feel are for people here. Um, So, um, yeah, then we'll do that and hands back to you guys, uh, to Jill. Lord, I just wanna thank you so much for your presence. Thank you for your presence in this room. Thank you for your Holy Spirit that testifies into our hearts that your words are true. Thank you that they, those words bring us joy and light and life where, there's, where there can be a sense of aloneness and darkness and isolation. Well thank you that's never your will for your people you want us to be with you and with one another in harmony well thank you for this uh, letter of 1 John thank you that it was recorded for us so that we can read it and learn from it and love you more and love one another more as a result and I pray that we would just have such confidence in hearing you as we go from here. Amen. So I've got three things I just feel like um, God's put on my heart to for, for people here. Um, I don't know who, who it will be, um, but if it's you, like don't go from here without um, yeah without connecting with God um, I feel there's somebody at least one person here uh, who is feeling isolated possibly in a work situation um, where there is um, a sense of that you're kind of having to carry things on your own um, and that you would love to have a team around you uh, who get it um, and who Want the same things that you do, um, for things to be more just full of God in your workplace. Um, maybe it's even just getting the job done. <laughs> like you're feeling like you're the only person that's doing that particular thing. Um, and God says, I've heard what you I've heard what you've prayed. Um, I will gather people to you, I will provide for you in that situation. Um, I think there might be quite a number of people here, because it's kind of come through in the worship as well, um, this idea that uh, just being in a valley right now, feeling like nobody really sees you. And God wants to remind you this morning that he does. He sees you, exactly your situation, and he's heard all of your prayers. And uh, the third picture I had was um, just of um, that you normally uh, hear quite well um, and it's like having a uh, you know, really good hearing aid, but it's like that's, life's knocks have come to you and that hearing aid has fall, fallen out from those, uh, from those knocks and you feel like you can't hear God clearly in the same way, and uh, God says he sees your devotion to him, and the way that you push into him in worship, and he just says, I love being with you, and those, those knocks I will heal, and I will speak, and you will hear me clearly, but just keep pushing into me.